Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smart Coast Morning Show, blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. Hello, everybody. This is Bing Chen coming at you from the West Coast. Welcome to the Smart Coast Morning Show. Uh, I'm still out here because uh, me and Mike came out for Kamikaze. Uh, but while I was out here, I got to sit down with a very special guest and uh, do something I've always, I've always wanted to do for a while. Um, record a podcast at the Nightbird Recording Studios in the basement of the Sunset Marquee. Uh, so without further ado, uh, here's part one of what I like to call the Sunset Marquee Sessions. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen. Welcome to the uh, Sunset Marquee Sessions at Nightbird Recording Studios. Now, usually when I podcast, usually when we do this, I'm surrounded by testosterone. I'm surrounded by smells. I'm surrounded by, uh, I mean, dudes, basically. (laughs) But not today, my friends. Not today. Uh, I have someone special, someone here that I've been wanting to talk to for a long time. And uh, she's been gracious enough to come down here. I'm very appreciative. Uh, Super actress, supermodel. Super writer, super mom, and most importantly, super friend, Diane Farr. Hello, Diane. Hi, Mingster. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, You might know her from Rescue Me, from Numbers, um, from Californication. Uh, She saved the world once in a (laughs) sci-fi TV movie. Uh, You may have seen her on many, many episodes of Love Lion. And uh, I, I mean, I can't even list all your credits. It's, I love it's a- that you know them by heart, though. <laughs> like, you're not even reading them from the piece of paper that your standard guy's like, so you were on, what's this one? <laughs> uh, don't you hate that? Have you ever done, I mean, I'm sure you've done yeah. many interviews and like, they get it wrong. Or they have Ooh. no idea who you are. They yeah. pronounce your name so wrong. They're like, you didn't even read that thing that some poor producer spent 25 minutes putting together. Like, yeah. you, it would only take you one second. You, you were given cliff notes on my whole career. Yeah. Isn't it weird? Like, do some research. <laughs> <laughs> like go on IMDb. Like it's not that hard. Yes, like isn't this your job? Yes. So uh, yeah, I've, I've found that happening to me as well. Um, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't do nearly as many as you've done. But sometimes, like a dude from local paper will come down. Yes. And um, yeah, they'll just get it completely wrong. Mr. And, uh, Lee, Mr. Lee, yeah, Mr. Tell Lee. Us. Yeah. How was Enter the Dragon? <laughs> was it was it, was it fun getting beat up in, in Game of Death? I'm like, he's not with us anymore. But wait. You had a crazy story in the newspapers recently about a guy named Ming Chen. Yes. Did you did you hear that story? I uh, might have seen an email about it. What happened there? Uh, so there was a student in China. His name was Wang Pai. <laughs> of course and, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and what happened was he set up an online sex date with a young lady over the internet. Um, poor Wang. Yeah, poor Wang. <laughs> He needed to go online for sex. Yeah. Now they set up a meeting at a hotel room and he goes, knocks on the door, door opens and his mouth drops. It's his daughter-in-law uh, that he had set this clandestine meeting with. Um, <laughs> poor Wang. And even worse, uh, five minutes later, the elevator behind him opens up and his son comes racing out of the elevator. Uh, he had seen the hookup email on her wife's computer and he hits his dad in the mouth and knocks two teeth out. Oh my now God. that's a funny story. Yes, in and of itself. But um, you know, you're thinking, how did they get this mixed up? How did he know it wasn't his daughter-in-law? Right. Um, he had sent her a picture of an old army buddy. So you know what you do on online, you don't send your own picture. Of course not. You send a picture of Thinner, a better-looking dude. Taller. Yeah. Um, richer. And she used a pseudonym, and the pseudonym she used was named Ming Chen. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you're a Chinese wife looking for love outside your yes. marriage just a week ago. Yes. In the- now, I have an update on that story. I actually did some research on that this morning. Apparently, the whole story is a hoax, which, oh. which stinks. But even if it's a hoax, yeah, that, just using that name. Alone. So if people go and search your name, yeah, they're they not going to get your credits. They're going to get like crazy wife goes out of bounds with Wang. Yes. Wang Pai. <laughs> Poor Wang Pai. <laughs> Poor Wang Pai. He just he's just looking for love or loving. Well, I can only hope that Comic Book Man is going to make you bigger and bigger and bigger, and that story goes totally away. Uh, well, let's hope so. So far, <laughs> so far, I don't know. Uh, you know, if you've watched Comic Book Man, uh, I've gotten into a wedding dress. Yes. Uh, I've gotten half naked, and um, I guess I can ruin this. Um, it's the next episode. They posted some teaser photos. Okay. Of what's going on next, and I am uh, I am in an orange speedo. <gasps> Oh my gosh. I'll show you the picture after we're done with this. Oh my gosh. And you're still friends with Kevin. (laughs) I mean, in the end, I guess anything to get a laugh. Oh, that's a good attitude. I suppose. So I'm sorry. Right to my left, uh, we have Samantha Aurelio all the way. uh, Yay. uh, Samantha is actually a a singer songwriter. And uh, when I was looking for a studio space here, um, I noticed they had a Steinway piano, which I can't play. I don't know if you can play. I got nothing. It sounds so good. It does. It sounds amazing. Wow. Yeah. And, well, to um, sit in the Sunset Marquee alone. This is the first bar I ever went to when I moved to LA. No way. Really? This one up here. Uh, the, they called it the whiskey, but it's so confusing because yes. the whiskey a go go is around the corner. I think that's <laughs> why both, they changed it. Yeah. yeah they're so. famous for their own reasons. Um, and I was like, you know. 20 something and like feeling good whatever and the bouncer at the door like now i look back as a fully grown-up adult gave me such grief for the sport of giving me grief where i was like should i get back on the bus and go back to (laughs) iowa and meanwhile i was like fuck you i'm from new york you're not any cooler than i am just because you have that rope in front of me and uh yeah Came here a lot. I was really having a good time today knowing I was going into a secret lair to talk into a microphone. All right. So you've been here before. I have. All right. Even though uh, before you got here, you sent me a text. You're like, listen, I'm sorry. I'm going to be a little late. Um, I thought you said Chateau Marmont, not Sunset Marquis. Which you're making me sound cooler than I am because it wasn't even I thought you said. I thought you typed on the text that I still have on my phone roll that I could have gone up and looked at. I just put it in my head that it was Chateau Marmont, which is, you know, the same level of pretension and fabulousness all in one. I guess. I mean, well, John Belushi didn't die here. Uh, Jim Morrison (laughs) didn't fall out of a window and Lindsay Lohan didn't lose her shit here. Yes. True. Um, Courtney Love lost her shit here. She actually didn't Mick Jagger. Yeah, he might have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Courtney Love actually wrote a song called Sunset Marquee. She was she might have written it. I don't know if she recorded uh, it here. It's a great song. Wow. If you want to look that one up. All right. It's one of my I favorites. Do it. Um, I don't know if you looked, you saw through my thinly veiled attempt here to you know and getting you down here. Um, I always thought you should have your own podcast. Oh, thank you, thank um, you. I mean, I, you don't have to do it like this. Like <laughs> I dropped a lot of coin on this because because it looks good. I like it. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, I'll post photos, but we're in uh, in Studio B at the Nightbird Recording Studios, and it's just, it's, it's an amazing gorgeous. atmosphere. It is. Um, I stayed here in 2006. I was doing something for Kevin, and I saw the amount of money we were making, and I'm mm. like, I'm going to, you know, usually I'm at the Best Western on Highland. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to stay somewhere a little nicer this time. Perfect. Found out they had a recording studio down here, and I was like, I'm like, why? Why uh, Why here? And uh, yeah. I guess a lot, of, a lot of rock stars stay here. Yeah. So they wanted somewhere uh, for them to record if inspiration hit. 
So good. So and, fun. Uh, I thought that was a cool story. And then uh, I thought later on, like, I've always wanted to do something down here, but I, I can't sing. I can't. <laughs> you can't play the Play guitar. Like, you know? And uh, yeah, even if I could, you know, I'd probably do it on like a four track or something in the garage, <laughs> not here. Um, but then I started uh, doing the podcasting. I'm like, you know what? Why not? It's Why awesome. not? Yeah. So fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, you could literally do it in your kitchen. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Or your your kitchen table or... Um, well, I could, but then you'd have to tell me how to record it, how to launch it, and where to send it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's not that hard. And actually, I have I have our old friend uh, DJ James over here who worked, who's been working yeah. with us for so a while. Fun. He will come to your house and record it for you. Really? His shirt says Babble On, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Um, Note the shirt. Babble yeah, I mean, on, Hollywood. I like it. <laughs> um, he's been doing it for all our friends. Uh, he's been he's done it at Kevin's house. Oh, um, super like fun! Like he's uh, you know like kind of like the cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> he literally came in here with a metal suitcase, which you know, he could have had like a gun with a silence. Oh, my God. And he's like, I'm here. Let's go. Let's oh, go. my gosh. Well, weren't you dragging me and Catherine one day? Like someone got sick or something. Uh, this is, we were, like, this is the realization. This is the manifestation of that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, actually, James was there. Kevin and Kevin was going out of town and he needed a show in the next day. And he's a, and he turned to me and he's like, can you come up and fill in? Yeah, and I'm like, for you, for two hours, he wanted oh me, just me. Oh I'm like, I can't, my. I can't, I would never want to hear myself talk, not even for <laughs> five minutes, but to fill two hours. So I go into panic mode, oh and God. I'm like, I need somebody to to talk to, somebody yes. interesting. And I immediately thought of you and Catherine. Oh, thank you. We and, were excited, um, and then you canceled on us. Yeah, well, it was Kevin's <laughs> house, and uh, yeah, they, they decided. Oh. They decided me running around alone. In his house. In his house. It's a dangerous concept. Yeah. Although it's not. I don't know if I ever told you this. In 2008, I house-sat house for him for two months. Oh, that's kind of fun. You would think so, right? Oh, two no. months, you know, in a big mansion in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. Uh, you get to stay in LA. It's going to be great, right? But, I, you know, and I got excited. I love being in LA. Yeah. Um, but little did I know. Well, I knew this, but I, he's got priceless works of art in there. I was afraid to touch anything. Oh, <laughs> no. I didn't want to touch anything. I didn't oh, want to break no. anything. Before I went to bed, I checked the burners on the stove 10 oh. times. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if something happened? I know. The most stressful moment, bad. most stressful two months of my life. Oh, my poor friend. I have a girlfriend who's a house, who's a dog sitter. So she basically dog sits for the rich and famous. She has set off everybody's alarm. Everybody's like, and so many people that she talks it's for have like armed security guards that like jump out oh of my nowhere. God. And she's like, I'm the dog. Yeah, swarm, sitter. swarm. <laughs> exactly. So I feel you. Yeah, but uh, the, you know, you you could do this weekly. Um, you have a website at getdianefar.com. That's a getdianefarr.com, um, a site that I actually worked on for you for a while, did. which I had a lot of fun working on. And, uh, you know, and you're a syndicated writer as well. So, uh, you know, your articles are hilarious. Oh, thank you. Um, and I wrote one that was coming out today about going to the dentist five days after Halloween because I'm so stupid that tomorrow <laughs> me and all my kids have dentist appointments. Five days after Halloween. It was like, you know, what the heck was I thinking? Perfect cleaning time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except like, you know, you get like a lashing when you get in there, go in there anyway, like, especially for little, are you brushing? Are you eating right? Do you drink anything after you brush your teeth? Like you they're know, so shamed anyway. I was just thinking about that the other day, <laughs> about how like no matter how how good you are 
if if you don't do something for like one week, they're just like, oh, you didn't floss twice a day for a week. Obviously, oh. you have seven cavities. Oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was like I did so you. well for the other part of the six months. Yes, yes. <laughs> Why? Why? So very- I, I'm living in abject fear of my children's shame. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you know, you have your blog post. I thought your podcast could kind of be an extension on your blog post and kind of bring attention to the site as well. And, uh, you know, you could expire, you know, because you only get so many words in your, in your articles, you're, right? You're right. If you lived here, I would make you make me do it. <laughs> I'm going to have to move here and do that. Um, one of my, one of your favorite posts was, um, uh, was about nudity and stunt doubles, uh, yeah. body doubles. Um, yes. uh, Diane was on season three of, uh, one of my favorite shows, Californication. And if you've seen that show, pretty much every woman on that show <laughs> takes their clothes off. Even the one that's supposed to be 16 and underage, yes. she gets naked. Yes. Like, there's no getting around it. And in fairness, so does Duchovny and Evan Handler. Yes. You know, like, everybody's naked. So that, that's a better feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I love that show. Like, I'm not that guy that goes out and, you know, like, bangs a bunch of women. Like, I got to beg. And I'm like, he... <laughs> <laughs> so well, like he, like he doesn't even have to try. It's great. And he's I, mostly trying to fend them off. Yeah, he is, and then he just kind of gives in, and not even he's not really even giving in. But <laughs> I mean, uh, and uh, you know, and part of me envies that. You know, same, what, yeah, same. Part of me envies that. Um, but you, you got in on the third season, and you know, you're, 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 you're. I don't want to say conservative, but you know, you weren't going to take, you, you prefer not to take your gear off. Well, I probably would have taken my gear off if I hadn't just finished breastfeeding twins and then the year before that having breastfed another child. So I'd basically been pregnant for two and a half years and breastfeeding for another. And the second I finished, they're like, hey, would you like to go on Californication for a year? And I was like, only if I have a body double from the neck down. <laughs> It's like, there's no way I'm doing this. So the um, process of picking the body double was the article. Yes. And uh, I mean, I thought, so basically the first process was going through the photos. Yes. And they're all from the neck down. You couldn't see any faces. Yeah, super all, scary. All and I'm saw. sitting in a trailer while I'm looking at them. Like, you just feel like the meth addict, like <laughs> meth maker while you're sitting in the dark like a naked woman. But I got used to it really fast. <laughs> And then I was really like Just comparative shopping. Yeah. 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 No. Ooh, look at the striations <laughs> and herbs. That's what you did at your bikini wax. It was just yes. kind of like fantastic spot, like fly on the wall viewing. <laughs> yeah. And then oh I think you were gosh. mentioning when you did settle on one, it was like far out of proportion, your, your real ridiculous. life proportion. It was a body know, I could never pretend to have. <laughs> it, was, um, it was like, uh, you know, from my world, it was like how you draw the comic book women. Like, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly like what I picked in the body devil. And the, I think I was calling her the like naked Nazi. The casting director who was in charge of this was like, no. <laughs> that one, she's like, this is your body. And that was still a like, completely rocking body. I was like, oh, that's not my body. But right. yeah, okay, we can take that one. <laughs> yeah, and then you actually got to meet her. Oh, my God, which was the saddest thing in the whole world. This like stunningly beautiful woman shows up on set only to take her clothes off and not show any of her like stunning beauty above the collarbone. And had this like little mousy voice, and she had just gotten here from Florida, and she was trying to be discovered <laughs> by being naked from the neck down. And I just wanted to fucking save her. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was no, like, you no, don't want to do this. You're here to save me. Yeah. You're saving my chastity, and now I'm trying to save yours. Like the whole thing was so ridiculous and such a mind fuck. Like I really felt bad for guys. Like I was like, is this what happens to a guy when he sees the girl across the room at the bar? Where like she's perfect and she's like a warrior and. Then he gets up and she opens her mouth and she's like, 
completely the wrong girl. But he goes there anyway for the fantasy that he had on the other on the side, side of the room. room. Oh, I'm sure the reverse happens all the time as true, well. True, true. But yeah, I was like, this is no fun. I just have to get in better shape so I never go through yeah, that I again. saw Florida's you after you had the kid. You were fine. <laughs> Thank you. If I'm standing straight up, it's perfect. But if I have to move around at all, it gets a little dicey. You were fine. Uh, if you go on the internet, uh, you see Diana was voted the hottest girl in the whole run of Californication. Now, um, uh, you know, I we had our fans vote as well. <laughs> I was just going to say I may have won but solely because of you, Ming. I, you know, it doesn't matter. It was all it was all sincere, and I agree with that. I mean, a lot of beautiful thank women you. on that show, but thank you, thank the most you. beautiful one is sitting right in front there of me. There you go. <laughs> Such good times. Yes. Um, so interesting story on how we met. Mm-hmm. Um, pray tell, pray tell. Um, actually, this goes a little farther back. Uh, Diane wrote a book about um, interracial marriage and relationships called Kissing Outside the Lines, which you can get at kissingoutsidethelines.com or on Amazon. Um, and our mutual friend Catherine actually contacted me uh, before we met and told me you were writing this book. Um, she knew I was married to a, to a whitey. <laughs> and, and an Asian-y. Yeah, and she said, uh, you know, you were looking for interracial couples to yes. possibly interview for the book. And, you know, could she – would it be cool if I, I was contacted? And I was like, yeah, totally. I thought – I don't. my story is kind of boring, I think. Because everybody liked everybody in your family? Well, no, not exactly. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that soon. Um but uh, yeah, we never did talk. I think uh, you found people far more interesting than me. <laughs> oh, right, because you guys are basically the reverse, but the same sort of mix as us. And we were going for the like more splashy ones, yes. like the Iranian who's married to a Jew, <laughs> and the Turkish person who's married to someone from North Africa, and like it, it had to sort of mix around to yeah. places that really made your jaw jaw drop. Yeah, was it hard finding those people? It wasn't that hard. Okay. Was, oh, we were in the kind of the melting pot here in exactly. LA. Exactly. The bigger problem was finding them in different places. And I never got so far as to find them from different socioeconomic backgrounds. Okay, like, right. I never found people that weren't college educated and having this discussion right. with their parents. So I was trying to get as much diversity as I could in there. I think I interviewed 25 couples in the end. Okay. And only five were in the book. Right. So, hmm. but. <clears throat> The next book is supposed to be about raising biracial kids, but it's mostly me interviewing people who are between like 20 and 40 uh, who were biracial and what worked and didn't work. Oh, okay. Okay. So they've grown up and they can reflect. Exactly. So they can say like, this did work and this didn't work. So as heady as I want to be about my own kids who are still little, these people are like fully grown and pissed off at their parents (laughs) and they can tell me what was really bad. All right. So those would be my kids. (laughs) Taking notes on the side. When my book came out, my mother wrote me a note that says, this is wonderful, and I'm so glad you have two daughters who might do this to you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the book is amazing. Thank you. And uh, I was honored to you know help you out, not on the book, but on the site for the book. You were super helpful, because if we didn't have a site, no one would ever buy it. <laughs> right. I mean, what kind of reception did you get? From the book itself. I got great reception. I was super worried when I wrote it. It's it's mostly a story about Asian people not wanting a white person in their family, which was shocking to me at 35 <laughs> years old because who knew that the whole world was mad at white people just right. as much as white people are mad at black people and black people are mad at, you know, like it, it goes in a crazy cycle no matter what race you are. But 
I really was afraid that the Asian community was going to come at me for discussing how widespread it is. That right. Parents will tell their children, you have to marry someone yes. uh, who's Asian. I mean, and within the Asian community, just like within the Latin community or the Persian community, there's grades within each of like, oh, we're Korean, so you can marry Chinese, but you can't yeah, marry Japanese. Right, and, and you know, low, are... and the low, like, you know, Laotian and, and, and oh Vietnamese, oh, they're, they're out. Forget I'm it. like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, and and from the outside, you're like, why? Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? And then that whole big question of, aren't we all American? Right. Like, why are we dividing ourselves up right, right. so much by places so many people have never even been to? <laughs> so, right. um. There was no backlash. Like, I got so much love from the oh. Asian community. Whatever the equivalent of Google is in Korea, I think I was the most Googled name for two weeks. Really? Oh, wow. After the book came out. And it's only out in English so far. It was sold to Korea immediately after. But it's it's such, like, a, a tremendous problem between one generation and the next now in Korea that it was really embraced. Yeah. Someone was talking about... This is really a problem for our families. No matter how educated and how progressive and how kind they are towards all people, love is the last prejudice mom and dad openly teach at home. Right. And that's, uh, you know, that's why I've always loved you. You love Asians. I think you married probably quite possibly one of the coolest Asian men on the planet. Thank you. He's really cool, even by <laughs> Asian or white standards. Yeah, your, your husband, Singh, <laughs> uh, runs a cashmere group. Uh, mm-hmm. Who man um, manages Snoop Dogg and uh, I mean uh, a lot of awesome hip hop artists and uh, I, I got to meet him a couple of years ago. Um, he was running out the door in a pair of shell tops, <laughs> and, um, just like just such a cool guy. And yeah, we got to talk for a little bit. Um, and uh, you know, you, you picked good. Thank you. Um, I still like him. Somebody... Today is our nine year anniversary. Happy anniversary. What, today? Thank you. Today. Not of marriage, but of first kissing. Wow. Like our first date, which is really more of a hookup in a pool. But still, it was... <laughs> that counts. That counts. But, you know, as a, as, a, you know as, a, as a little short Chinese guy myself, like there's, there's always those stigmas. Like we're not... Like I can't... I'm not Duchovny or I'm not Scott Mosher where, you know, you meet women out or about or at a bar and they kind of immediately take to you. Like they... Yeah. They, you know, they see me. I'm short, for one. Like, I'm five four, so most women want a tall guy. You know, Singh is tall. Singh is give, tall. <laughs> this is which, true. Which I don't have. And then the, the kind of Asianness, uh, you know, the stigma is it turns a lot of women off, and particularly white women. Um, you know, it's so funny. There is supposed there is this huge stigma, and there is this um, glass ceiling thing, and there is this like culture thing of so much. Like my favorite thing about dating a Korean man was understanding what. Um, K-clubs were doing with, like, booking clubs. Do you know what that is? It's, like, in the culture, it's so, like, women are not supposed to approach men. But men are not really supposed to approach women without an introduction. So in K-Town, there's – you can go out to these Korean nightclubs where waiters are paid to bring women from anywhere in the nightclub over to a table. They're paid money by the boys at the table. And this goes on all night long. And I was like – this wow. is so endemic to this culture that part of that stigma that people get is the aloofness that, like, you run into the bar and there's the Asian guy who 
who's not dogging you. Where if I walk into the elevator, there's probably half the men in this rock star hotel be like, yo, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't care at all what happens. Right. So I feel like sometimes that stigma of like the Asian man is not that guy. He's not that guy culturally. Like it has actually nothing to do with what you may or may not look like to him. Hold on, is these these clubs are, are they Korean only? Like, can Chinese guys take I think, of this? Can I think I think like- you might have a hard time in the K club because really? these are the more traditional folks who have more traditional uh, parents, okay. and you know they're supposed okay. to marry a nice Korean boy or girl. <laughs> okay, uh, I mean, did you ever have that stigma? Even like meeting him. Um, um, I had where, the stigma just with his family, okay. just, you know, the most important you were, people. You were able to see past, I, like, you know, like Asian men are like I, like weak-willed or, you know, like shy, <laughs> you know, they're, 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 for the most part, um, timid, I think is a word they use a lot. And, you know, not mm. not the guy you think of as, you know, the swarthy, you know. The, the Rambo. The, yeah, yeah, The MacGyver yeah. who's going to yeah. like climb the tree and still, you know, I was at a point in my life where I was looking for the guy with the postgraduate degree more than the guy with the pocket knife. Um, and that has worked out really well for me 10 years later. Okay. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. MacGyver's- I think that's how it works in general. You know, yeah. All right, yeah, you might meet the dude at the club who looks great yeah. and drives a cool car, but 10 years later, like, With he's a broken down, uh, he's a broken down, um, you know, on painkillers. And- <laughs> exactly. And he's, he's still working that same job. And he's he got a beer belly, fat, and he's watching football and not paying attention to yeah. you. Like, that's what you get. And Singh still has the most annoying, like, crazy car. There's this. 67 Lincoln with like suicide doors. I saw that. That is a cool, that is not an annoying car. That is a cool car, my friend. It's only cool if you have a penis. If you have a vagina, it's fucking annoying. Uh, as an Asian car. man, I would like it to be sold. As an Asian man, I, I pretty much it pretty much is a vagina. <laughs> another another stigma. It's a giant another. blue vagina parked outside my ass. That's, oh. a, you know, that's another stigma. But All right. Mine was. Well enough where I could spit out two kids. Oh, that's or good. Or create two kids. I didn't spit them Not out. Not out of the car. But Not yeah. out of the car. <laughs> so maybe that 67 car outside is the Asian vagina thing never had. Uh, like it, maybe I should keep it around just so he stays married to me. It, yeah. It, <laughs> it could be. The philosophy uh, is just falling from the sky. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't know you were working on another book, which is amazing, which is fantastic. Do you have a title yet? Uh, I do. Uh, <laughs> it's not coming to me, but let's okay. talk about other things and it'll All right. come back. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll... But I'm waiting on that book because it is so hard to sell a book without a TV show. It feels like you're the breakfast waitress and you have to make your money like $1 at a time on every egg meal that only costs $10. It was like hawking books one at a time, like signage by signage by signage, no matter what I did. I was like, oh, God, this is way harder. The first book I ever wrote was like, hey, here, oh, a whole other country. Yeah, which is uh, entitled The Girl Code. Yes, which, um, thank you. It was about not kind of – get- Dating. dating secrets what women are really thinking i was writing for cosmo at the time it was during the love line years and i would send them in things and they would write back things that had nothing to do with what i sent them just to fact check and i was like no that's not what i said like yeah. women are not like as as nervous as you're trying to make us out to be like i never wake up in the middle of the night like do i have the wrong bra planned for tomorrow right, like the, the cover the cosmo <laughs> cover is not true okay oh my god ridiculous and it was all about like you must buy this to be sexy or to make him want you it's like if it's about my underwear or the body lotion, he's gay. Yes. <laughs> I, it's everything else that they're searching for. Like you're missing the point. So the book was sort of a retort to Cosmo of 
how dark and dirty women really are and what women share with their girlfriends, which is 15 times the amount of information that you share with your lover. Right. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> it was sort of like Fact. filling the guts of how <laughs> girls behave. Right. And how far are you along on this new book? Uh, the book is pretty good and it's getting, it's getting better and better as my kids get older because okay. I started it when I was pregnant with the first. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, this is years in the making. Years in folks. the making. It's a lot of the people that I interviewed for the married couples book because a lot of them were biracial when they were starting their union with another race. So it was interviewing them about their experience growing up. Right. Like where they identified now. So it's kind of interesting. So do you have a target uh, – do you have a publisher, target release date? Any, pub uh... It's the same publisher. Okay. So no target release date yet because I'm like, hold, hold, hold. That's oh. my alarm that says, Diane, you must be getting in the car. Uh, that went – that was too quick though. <laughs> that was too quick, but thank <laughs> I know. I made this whole long list, which I'm going to which I'm gonna send you. Actually, I did text you a whole long list and uh, I, didn't, I didn't know what you thought of it. Like. You didn't reply and was like, "Oh crap!" No, but, um, I was just in a meeting. But yeah, uh, yeah let me know when you have to go. I'm, I'm, I, I'm grateful for every minute I have for you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This yeah. is awesome. I think you should pre-record like ten shows here, just yeah. so they're all here. I would. It's not cheap. Oh, so, <laughs> I guess is the word. Right. Um. Oh. Yeah. Like I said on the way in here, like I, like I blew, I cashed my TV check, and just <laughs> we could do this. Just sit on the couch. But I mean, my whole philosophy in life now is just like, you know, it's short. Just like if, yeah, just like if you want to do it, go do it. Do it. You know, and worry about the money later. That's good. But I, um, but I was able, I'm, I'm, I'll be all right. Good. I'm glad. We'll be good. Is there anything else you, you want to plug? Are you, what are you working on right now? What am I working on? I'm um, that, working on Not Driving Myself Crazy. A okay. pilot I shot. We're going to find out if it goes. Is that the one with uh, Greg Grunberg? Yes. Who I love. Is there a name? lovely guy. It's called Divide and Conquer, and it's for USA. Or hopefully it's for USA. Or yeah. Is that one, does that one deal with parenthood as well? Yes. Okay. It does. It's me and him, and we have four kids. And wow. uh, the writer is a guy named Peter Ako, who's from The Office and this amazing show, Pushing Daisies, that was on Yeah, I remember that. Ago. Oh, so good. I remember that. So he's fantastic. And the the script was terrific. It was like my favorite script about family I'd ever seen. It was dark and it was broody and it was bitter. <laughs> I was like, okay, I want to do that one. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Uh, one more thing I want to ask you before you go. Okay. Uh, you let me stay at your house a couple of years ago. I did. Um, which was cool. It was like we'd only met once, really. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I, like, I, I, um, I actually did meet you later on. Yes. Um, you needed help on your website. Yes. We set up this weird, like, clandestine, like, meeting at, at some bar on, uh, like, Sunset or Fairfax yes. or Melrose. I, like, I kind of felt like we were cheating. I <laughs> It was, yeah, it was really, it was weird. It, it wasn't weird, it was fun though. It was, it was fun. fun. I think though. I had a girls night dinner that night. So I come in and I meet Ming and then like one after another after another of like beautiful ladies are coming out for girls <laughs> night. And I was like, this guy must just think I run around in a fucking harem. <laughs> I was like, this has nothing to do with my life. This is like the occasional once a month girls night out. But yeah, whatever. Let's roll with it. I'm this girl. <laughs> 
Just let yeah. it happen. Just let it happen. And uh, actually, came out a couple months later. And you let me stay at your house, which was cool. And uh, your kids were like, "Where's Ming? Where's Ming?" Oh, my kids love Ming. You introduced them to like the demise of their lives by showing them what Angry Birds is. Oh, gr- oh. <laughs> and, uh, your web guy whips out his phone. He's like, "Here, play this." Yeah, it's like here it. you launch birds, and they're like, "No, no, no!" I'm trying to keep them away from that. Exactly. Like, it was like, like they didn't know that they could ask for my phone when I'm at the restaurant, Ming. But thanks for turning them on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, um, I've always thought that, uh, you know, thank you very much. And, and yeah, it's cool. It was, I wake up, I wander in the kitchen. You're like, you're a big six foot husband <laughs> out there. And I'm like, Hey, like we never met before. I'm just just in the morning. Out of the room. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Hey, so, what's Messy up? hair in pajamas. Hello. <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> yeah. It was like, but that's just how we are. Like, I think yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then, um, it was on that trip that I learned we were getting, we were doing the TV show, comic oh. books, man. Uh. And, um, I think you were the first person I told besides Yay! my wife. Um, I had your keys and I was returning them to you and I looked over at you and I was like, I, I just heard, I think they're going to de- do the TV show. Uh. And um, I don't know if you remember this. Now I look back at you and I, I, maybe I was reading into this wrong. I, I see this look on your face, which is kind of a mix of like shock and disgust. <laughs> I, I don't know if I was reading you wrong. Like, like you were looking at me like you. Like no, I was not reading like, that. Are you if kidding me? Anything like, with where I was in my life with all those babies, I was probably thinking everyone I know has their own show. But <laughs> and I, I, I thought that was funny. Because I'm a knucklehead. I don't. I, I, I this is not. This is not me. Like uh, this, I felt. It's when you work with Kevin, weird stuff happens. This is yes, one of them. That's good. Yeah, and uh, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was funny though. Um, oh, so fun. And then I later on I learned that you and Catherine, our other friend, were up in a hotel in Ojai getting drunk and laughing about yes. uh, the fact that the absurdity that <laughs> they're putting Not me on the TV. absurdity. It's Catherine it's just, and I had both been put through pieces on something. Like, you know, there's always like, oh, you have a show and it's about to go and it doesn't. So however it worked out, we both missed on something. And then I had crashed my car on the freeway with all my kids in it right oh by God, her house. Serious? And she came and got me. Like she drove through like – Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we were the people that oh shut down God. a freeway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she drove through it to get me and I was like, hi. I was in such crazy shock. She had to like get all the car seats out of my car and into her car and like take – like she saved me. Oh so goodness. I took her to Ojai for the night as a like thank you. And we were laying in the bed laughing and we're like – our crazy web guy Ming has his own show now, and we're both here. <laughs> <laughs> I just want everybody to know just how absurd that is. Like, I'm, it's really. I'm good. not. Had I not met Kevin, I'd be delivering Chinese food no, because I have the I look. Don't know. I, I know. don't know. They might I have found you with your bike and yeah, your to-go no, food, and no, giving you a show for that. I, I don't think know. you're that guy. I don't think so. I just want to let you know, like it's yeah, it's just absurd. And um, yeah, I mean, I I'm trying to catch up to you. Well, see, you're you're making good grounds. <laughs> you're covering a lot of ground. I'm trying now. Something tells me that I I on TV I've probably gotten more naked than you have. Oh, that's that might be true. Yeah. Might be true. Even more in this season. If you if you keep yeah. watching farther on this season, if you're in more... an orange speedo next week, yeah, you're yeah. you're ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, so I, that might be the key then. I it's may take... have never worn a wedding gown on TV either. Yeah. Oh, I, so. I I have in a bl- in a blonde wig. Oh, oh, yeah. and they and false eyelashes. Oh, that's a goodie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this a... guy. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> All right. So the next time I come back here for the next podcast, I I want to know that you played that piano. Oh, yeah. oh, that's what we're doing next. Okay. That's next. Yeah, Perfect. that's happening. Love yeah. It.
Can we do this again? I like yes. listen, look at this. Look I look at this list. <laughs> we got through like wow. four things on here. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, for sure the next time Kevin says you need two hours, we have through three more. <laughs> okay. Uh, but thank you. Yeah, I mean you've really you've I've you made a you made a you made a uh, Chinese kid very happy today. Uh, a dream come true. Thank you. And I'm glad we you. finally got to do this. Me too. And um when the book comes out We'll Let's do, do it this again. again. All right, my yes. friend. All right, thank you. It's lovely to it meet you. So nice meeting you. Thank you, Diane Farr, everybody. Thank you. Uh, go to go to getdianefarr.com. Uh, you're on Twitter, right? At get, get Diane Farr. Uh, you're on Facebook as well. I am. Um, I am. As I nod my head on yeah. the podcast, and yes. <laughs> no one can see it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Visit, follow, like, retweet. Check and, it out um, on the social media. And uh, all the kid, cool kids are doing it. They yeah. Are. Yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, I, I love you. That's all you. they're doing, actually. <laughs> I love you. Thank you so much for coming love down. You too. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Drive safe. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.